Hi everyone, welcome to Project Fit where we give out health, wellness, and nutrition podcasts so that you could live fuller, healthier, and even longer. My name is Beatrix and I'm your host and your R&D for today. I really hope you have a great day today and whatever it is you want to achieve in life, I know that you could do it as long as you set your heart and mind and put your work into it. We are going to talk about a chronic disease affecting 95 million adults and that's more than three times the number of adults with diabetes. It's not heart disease, it's not renal disease, but it's obesity. When it comes to obesity, it's a complex and multifactorial chronic disease because it's influenced by many factors both inside and outside of the body. So it means when one is obese, the body weight changes when energy intake is not as equal to the energy expended or energy released. It is also influenced on how they interact with both inside and outside of the body. And as defined by the World Health Organization, obesity is an abnormal or excessive fat accumulation that may likely impair health. So if one is obese, they would most likely acquire diabetes, renal disease, heart disease, and the like. Now, how do we diagnose if one is obese? First, we use the BMI. So if your body mass index is above 30, you are considered obese. BMI is when your height is indirectly proportional to your weight. Another indicator is abdominal adiposity using waist-hip ratio. So for males, if their waist-to-hip ratio is 0.90, they are considered obese. And as for females, it's 0.85 and above. Another indicator for diagnosis is the fat percentage. So you could use body fat analyzer or keratin scanner to analyze your fat percentage. So for men, a percentage of body fat greater than 25% is considered obese, being 21 to 25% as the borderline of obesity for males. So as for females, if their body fat is over 33%, they are considered obese and their borderline is between 31 to 33%. Another indicator which must be factored in is the medical disorder family history, and even the lifestyle factors because they are key contributors when it comes to obesity. So now what are the factors for someone to be obese? First is environmental. If they are exposed to larger meal portions, physical inactivity, and easy access to unhealthy foods. We live in a busy, fast-paced world, so whatever easier to grab, we usually eat it rather than going through much hassle. So environment is really a huge, huge factor that contributes to obesity. Another socioeconomic status. If the community, income, and socioeconomic status favors to purchase more foods. Another factor is physical. When they have energy expenditure imbalance, when they struggle with their metabolism because there are certain medical conditions that has negative impact to fat storage. Also, another factor is emotional. So when one undergoes stress, experiences trauma, and has mental health problems, they can sometimes lead to overeating and even that feeling that we don't want to move more and just want to lay down and isolate ourselves and rest. So they could contribute to the development of obesity. Another huge contributor is genetics. Our genes largely determine every aspect of our physiology. Some people are genetically predisposed to developing obesity depending on their family history and ethnicity. So Asians are less likely to develop obesity when it comes to genetics as compared to Westerners. As for family history, if both parents are obese, then there is an 80% chance 
for the child to be obese as well versus one parent, which is most likely 40%. So there are three obesity-associated genes that have been linked to, versus energy balance, and then fat storage, and even the influence of appetite. It could be passed down on. Genetics is really a high factor to be considered with when it comes to obesity because a person who has the genetic predisposition given in the right environment in which that person could thrive to be obese, unhealthy access to food, and even the physical inactivity lifestyle exposure, they have a higher chance of developing obesity. So obesity has now become pandemic in the last 20 years given the drive through restaurants and even the online delivery. It's like, imagine you could just tap your phone and your food is on the door. Even a more sedentary lifestyle. We watch more, we browse more, we binge more on our phones and televisions. Hence, we become less mindful on what we eat and what we do, like really do physically in life. So those are some key factors that is also not our fault. But we were just influenced and we are just really trying to adapt with the environment we're in. I hope that as much as we're focused on the screen and as much as we're mindful on what we see on social media and what we do at work, let's also focus and be mindful in what we eat and what we do in our everyday lifestyle because soon enough, it will really have great impact in our health. So now how can obesity affect our health? Having obesity can make us more likely to develop serious diseases that often lead to a decreased quality of a healthy life. Everyone wants a healthy life, not just being sexy, fit, or slim, but a healthy lifestyle, a quality lifestyle in which there are less diseases. Because to be honest, hospitalization is crazy expensive, more than the hospital bills, the suffering, the consequences, the pain that we go through, the pain that our family will go through, it's burdensome. So as much as possible, let us take care of our body. And this is why I want to discuss this because obesity, this is how obesity impacts our health. First is cancer. Cancer is a disease involving the uncontrolled growth of abnormal cells in the body. And the thing to know why obesity and cancer is linked because cancer cells eat fat to grow and spread. Diabetes is another disease that is linked to obesity. So if one is obese, there's a 7 to 12% times more likely a person would have diabetes. You know, higher blood sugars, resistance to insulin. And diabetes is a disease that you wouldn't want, especially if you're also obese at the same time, because more than the uncontrollable sugar levels, it's the side effects that you really wouldn't want to have if you're obese and at the same time diabetic because you're most likely to have renal disease and even heart disease. It's easier for you to acquire one as compared if you don't have obesity or diabetes. Another disease that you could have is gallbladder disease. It includes the inflammation, infection, stones, or the obstruction of your gallbladder. So imagine if you have such a heavy weight and you're in pain and it's more difficult for you to move and even more difficult for you to recover. And also when someone is obese, you are easily to have heartburn or your acidity, your stomach acidity is too high and it's the painful burning sensation in the chest just below the breastbone. So it's harder for you to breathe as well and one tip if you have heartburn 
is that do not lay down after eating because normally your lower esophageal sphincter is open so it's best that if you sit down for two hours before laying down also when it comes to obesity there is a high chance for a person to have a heart disease it may be elevated blood pressure hypertension atherosclerosis which is the blockage of the heart and even stroke and more than that it could also be transient ischemic attack whatever is related to the heart that involves in its disorder and malfunction during obesity one can also develop osteoarthritis which is a chronic disease in which your joint cartilage the protective covering on the end of your bones wears away it's because of the heavy weight that your bone can't carry so it causes abrasion in between your bones hence later on develops into osteoarthritis clinical depression is also most likely to develop when one is obese it's a mood disorder wherein your feelings of sadness, loss, anger, or even frustration interferes with your life for a long period of time. So when one is obese, there's a 55% chance to develop depression. And for someone who's depressed, there's a 58% chance to develop obesity. So it's like a two-way street between mental disorder and obesity. Another struggle a person can suffer from during obesity is sleep apnea. It's a disorder in which you repeatedly stop breathing while you sleep. It's a difficulty in sleeping and a difficulty in breathing at the same time. There are more diseases in which a person can struggle from during obesity. It could even be Alzheimer's disease, pancreatitis, kidney disease, gout, and many more. So now, the big question is, what are the steps towards health that we could do to alleviate obesity? So when it comes to obesity management, it's more than a one-man team. It's a team of healthcare force, including physicians, registered nutritionists, nurses, health educators, and even exercise coaches so that an obese person could really, really progress more. Because if it's just a doctor alone, a physician alone, a nurse alone, a registered nutritionist alone, it's not going to be enough because in order to progress, we have to work as a team. So what I'm going to share now is my perspective as a registered nutritionist dietitian. And here are some treatments on how to alleviate obesity. So first is their beliefs and preferences because as R&Ds, yes, we provide meal plans, but we also have to look into their beliefs and preferences because even though we give good food, if they're not going to eat it, it's useless. We also have to look into their personal body image perspective. What motivates them? What's their knowledge? What do they know about food and even exercise? Also, their cultural influences and background. What's the food available in their area? We have to look into that. Even check if they have family support. How is their stress and coping mechanism? The access to quality foods? And if they have community programs? Because all of these factors will greatly affect their behavior when it comes to healthy eating, physical activity, and even their lifestyle change. So we have to really dive and look into it. Because the goal of obesity is for us to really not have a normal BMI right away. It's developing a lifestyle change and a 5-10% to decrease on weight will really have a positive and great impact on health and even prevent diseases. So when it comes to dieting, there is really no one umbrella that could cover all types of meal plans to help lower your body weight because we have to factor in your beliefs preferences your likes and dislikes your schedule even your food availability and also your accessibility to foods we also have to consider that 
But when it comes to um, dieting during obesity, I would really recommend Dash Diet. Again, this is not for everyone, but for my most clients who are obese, given their situation and medical condition, I really prefer Dash Diet. It's the dietary approach to stop hypertension. So this is a healthy eating guide that I recommend to some of my patients to help them with their obesity. So now, what does Dash Diet look like? So a Dash Diet involves and recommends six to eight servings of grains which is really high in fiber and it's good for the heart and weight loss also four to five servings of fresh fruits four to five servings of fresh vegetables two to three servings of low fat dairy i really hope it's also organic and homemade because it's the best thing rather than highly processed dairies out there also include six or less servings of lean meat per day by lean it's more on chicken and fish so a dash diet also recommends four to five servings of legumes such as beans nuts and even seeds per week and a very limited amount of fat and even sugary products it is also recommended to decrease processed foods sugary products because it's more than weight loss it's also the prevention of diseases that comes with obesity this is why I love Dash Diet because it's more than just weight loss, it's also the prevention and management of diseases. Increasing physical activity is a very effective way for patients with obesity to lose weight. It's recommended for them to at least have 15 minutes of their time a day to exercise. We shouldn't push them to an hour or two of exercise a day, especially if they came from a sedentary lifestyle because the more likely they'll be discouraged and they might be prone to pain or injury when it comes to pushing them too hard at the very day itself. So we really need to take it one step at a time, slowly but surely and slowly but progressing. So from 15 minutes and then to 30 minutes and then 45 minutes until we progress and until we show their performance really boosted, that they lost weight, that there is progress and their pain and their hard work is not in vain. Also, if you're obese, make sure and I really hope that your exercise is enjoyable and very consistent because if it's not enjoyable at all, it won't last for long. So find ways and be creative Think outside the box when it comes to exercise. It could be Pilates, simple walking, biking even, or dance. Whatever you do, you just have to keep on moving. I would really recommend you to have a coach, an exercise coach whose expertise is on weight loss, and have a workout buddy because it's really effective, whatever works for you. Some can do it alone, but some really prefer to have you know a partner with them and even a coach. As for other lifestyle behaviors and treatments, self-care is very important because self-care is equivalent to self-love. Yes, we should be proud of our body, whatever weight we have, but we also have to take care of it. That's the form of self-love we could keep to ourselves. It's taking care of our body, living healthier, and preventing diseases because at the end, we really don't want to suffer, right? So one self-care we could give to ourselves is proper sleep. Yes, if you have sleep apnea, it's going to be difficult, but as you eat healthier, exercise, and do what the team says, the healthcare team says to you, you'll progress and eventually sleep apnea would be relieved. Also, stress management, relaxation, and even a 6-10 to 10 minute meditation per day, it's really a huge help. It's really a big help for you. And ask for support. 
there is no shame in asking for support. It means it's just strength. It's your strength. When it comes to obesity, it's not an easy way to lose weight. It's gonna be difficult because your body's really gonna work against you. Your body produces several hormones and chemicals to preserve its fat stores. And these hormones alert the brain that when the weight is lost, which decreases energy expenditure, it lowers metabolism and increases your hunger. And you really have to fight back. That's why support a healthcare team is really recommended. Plus, what's the most important factor is your motivation and your decision that you really want better. Because a small step can really go a long way. 5 to 10% decrease of weight in 6 months is a huge progress, so never give up. And you're not the only one suffering from these disease, and we are here for you. So for some practical tips that could help you lose weight and even manage obesity, even if you're at home or you're alone, you really have to nutritionally educate yourself. I could help you with that. You just have to DM me or email me at projectfitnd at gmail.com. And here are some practical tips I could share. So what are the situations where you tend to eat or drink more than you really should? You really also need to know portion sizes and what's right for you. And also what gets in the way with you being active or exercising. How do you keep track of your activities and your weight? So why is tracking important? Because it shows if you're progressing and if you're not. Because if you're not, we could have ways and find ways to modify it and if you are then we just keep on moving on and also how do you handle stress it's also very important because stress is a huge indicator for eating and being physically inactive and now if you really want to take action set reasonable goals smart specific measurable attainable realistic and time bound sit with yourself reflect and know the consequences and know the fruits of what you're going to do so if you can't lose weight at least try not to gain weight and little things really make a difference you had to eat breakfast every day eat smaller portions instead of taking elevators you might want to take the stairs or maybe you could walk if you're near home and schedule your exercise in such a way that you could really stick to it also learn how to add your fruits vegetables and whole grains more little by little because again as i say small steps can really lead to a long way and let's say you do your groceries buy low fat and fresh foods and groceries are really good for losing weight because you walk more also find activities which are fun and more convenient for you we really hope that you live long and thrive if you have any more nutrition questions or you need a registered nutritionist dietitian to help you we're here for you. Feel free to email us at projectfitnd at gmail.com and we're going to respond. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope you learned and apply what you learned as well. This is Beatrix, your registered nutritionist dietitian with MS Food Science from Project Fit. Wishing you wellness in life.